This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount+. Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. I am Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, along with Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gilbert. I left out the gills. We just don't have time for it. So much to cover, so little time as we pack all of our coverage in here leading up to Thanksgiving. Guys, I got a turkey to smoke. And it's really hard to get the cigarette in its little beak. <clears throat> That's a terrible image. I know. No, it's 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 another one of the dad jokes that Ryan Gilbert appreciates about me so much. Yeah. He really does. Yep. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I got some really, really good news about the fridge because vanilla bean buffalo sweat from Tollgrass Tap House has arrived at the fridge. That's right, the vanilla bean variety of buffalo sweat. The greatest beer made by Tallgrass is available for your holiday boozing. Oh, that's so good. It's not Halcyon. Oh, there you go. Just throwing out the Halcyon. That was actually pretty decent. That was the best beer. Also, I got to give a shout out to the fridge. They now have a uh, they have a beer um, that has like uh, vanilla and maple and cinnamon and it is called French Toast Bastard. And I think that's really kind of a nice name for a beer for the holidays. You can just tell the kids, hey, go get me another French Toast Bastard. Anyhow, the fridge, get in there. It's hit the corner of this and that in the town in which we live because I can't ever get the streets right. Just look up the fridge wholesale liquor and that Google guy, uh, Mr. Google, will get you there. I promise. And one bit more of uh, advertising for you. GoPowerCat.com is having a 75% off sale right now. The entire 24-7 sports network. So if you're a fan of another school and you're listening to this podcast, well, welcome to the podcast. But go check out your school site at 24-7 Sports. It's the Black Friday sale. We've started it early. We'll end it late. It runs through the weekend. Make sure you go check us out at Go Powercat or any 24-7 sports site. 75% off your first year of an annual subscription. And the great news is once you flip to full price, you get Paramount Plus for free. And as a Yellowstone fan who wants to watch all the new Yellowstone spinoffs, I'm totally in on that. We got a lot to cover today. We got your questions for Wild Bass Station. We've got my opinions on nonsense, and uh, the dogs will probably bark. So let's just get rolling here. Uh, Gills, you take the first half. I just have uh, asserted my okay. authority as publisher of this endeavor and said, Ryan Gilbert, you have the questions from Wild Bass Station. First question from Euler Cat 2 Is safety going to be an issue this week? If so, who needs to step up? Uh, I am apparently playing safety this weekend, according to Chris Kleiman. I feel like this is one of the worst coaching decisions he's made, but I'll give it my all. That was funny. Yeah. Um, I believe in safety first, so I, I get everything first. So team meals, safety first. Pick of seats on the plane, safety first. Actually, there's no plane. Pick a seats on the bench, safety first. What about the actual safety position on the football field? Yeah, I'll suck. I'll be last. So you're not going to play. It is interesting. They have now lost two of their frontline safeties in Sincere Mason, who has you know, also lost for the season after 
Kobe Savage went down. They're running thin. They're going to have to play some guys there. Just keep an eye on that position. We're wondering if they might not slide a corner over into the nickel position and, you know, play a guy that has seen the field a little bit more than some of these young safeties and use them more as a hybrid corner safety than just a true safety. But they they do have Josh Hayes still, which is good, although he didn't play great in Morgantown. But, yeah, they're... They're light on safeties right now. I know that Jacob Parrish played a lot of safety in high school, but I, I do think that you'll see a guy like VJ Payne probably be the main one who steps in there. And honestly, you know what? I, I, you hate to say that they need to step up and this is what it's going to be, but VJ Payne is going to be starting in that position next year. And I feel like in order to get a major look at some of these guys, like a VJ Payne, like a Jacob Parrish, you got to know how they perform. Because as much as we want to talk about guys coming back for COVID years and, and all this and that, how you advance a program is by getting the younger guys into the game. The reason Iowa State had such a drop-off is because they played all of their starters for that one year last year and then had, did not get anybody else any kind of experience. Yep. I think this is a good stepping stone for for a guy like Jacob Parrish, for a guy like VJ Payne to get into the game, not to mention Omar Daniels, who hasn't played as much as maybe we thought he would, to get into the game, get some experience, and honestly, you'll be able to compensate for some, I don't want to say jitters or nerves, but with your offense in this game, I think you'll be able to compensate for maybe uh, – some letdowns on the defensive side of the ball. It's, it's still Kansas. I don't want to say overlook KU, but they're going to be able to get away with some things at safety this weekend. They can plug and play. They can learn some things, try different things, maybe move, move corners over, you know, and and figure out what your defense is going to be for the final two games of the season, provided you beat KU and make it to the big 12 championship game. So I think, you know, there's there's some leniency here. You're going to be able to learn a little bit because I don't think K-State is going to lose this game. Ryan Gilbert, do you know what VJ stands for? Um, Vaughn Jr., my okay. best guess. That's a, that's a great guess. Uh, I don't know what it stands for, uh, but Victor is the V. I don't know what the J is. Probably uh, Victor Jr. Mm-hmm. Look, look, uh, Ryan Lackey, I know you're listening. Could you get us what the J is in VJ? What's his it, dad's name? Victor Payne. It it just lists uh, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't list his Son of Taiwana Payne, has two siblings, Kennedy and Victoria. That's confusing at the dinner table. That's probably why they call him VJ. Victor and Victoria. I, I, okay. He's he's been a a nice piece, a nice you know guy that came in as a true freshman and given K State a lot. I think you're right. I think that's who they'll put out on the field. He'll make some mistakes, but just keep playing him. Um, keep, because keep playing him. I'm not sure if they trust TJ. I know they trust VJ. I, I love how hard TJ hits, but it seems like he's gotten lost in that. I just want to hit people instead of being in the right place. Um, honestly, I don't know how they can put him on the field. Even in the injury situation, it gets really difficult because if I'm a opposing offensive coordinator, I pick on him. I just do. I go after him. I think whoever is playing that spot might get picked on on Saturday. Yeah, I would agree. The one thing that I'll say is whoever does play, it better be just because uh, to get them ready for a potential Big 12 championship, right? You don't want them playing just to have them get experience under their belt for two or three years from now, right? Right. Like this this is the window where you're you got it. All that stuff is finally paying off, like the pandemic year, right? This is the window. Vaughn's likely leaving, and Adika Uzama's finally uh, likely leaving. So this is the year where you're you're not playing for the future. You're playing for now. And so if you want to play those guys, those those guys that haven't seen the field yet, great. As long as it's to to get a better playbook, you know, developed for a Big 12 championship game. You know, the the guy that comes to mind, I didn't ask him about this today because they won't do this. Julius Brents at 6'3 and whatever he is, it seems like more of a guy that could play that nickel role as a safety and put it on film that he's capable of doing that. So when he gets to the next level, maybe that's something he can do. But, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. They they just won't be able to rotate the same way that they have in the past. They'll have to stay on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be a very interesting day. We will see how it all works out. From Itain BB, will K-State have more running touchdowns or passing touchdowns this Saturday? I'm going with running. KU's rush defense has fallen apart. So I feel like um, those open field runs we saw at West Virginia will be replicated. The 
Deuce Vaughn, DJ Giddens. Yeah. And now now that Colin Klein has decided, hey, the the loaded backfield quarterback sneak we did under Bill Snyder actually works and they used it. And I think we'll see Will Howard if they're at the goal line do that. It's about time. I mean, how long have we been asking them to do that? And they finally they finally decided that maybe that was a good idea. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, we'll see a big day from Deuce Vaughn and DJ Giddens. But I think that they're starting to figure something out through the air with this team. And I think K-State's going to have big plays. And if we think they're going to have big plays with Will Howard at quarterback, history tells us then that the touchdowns might come through the air. I think they're going to have more passing touchdowns on Saturday, um, but I, I do think it could be fairly close. I, I honestly, I could see K State scoring seven touchdowns in this game. I'm not saying they're going to 50 ball KU, but I think that this offense is absolutely rolling right now. And I asked Cade Warner about it. You know, besides scoring points on every single drive, do you feel like you can replicate what you did in the first quarter? And he was like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we trust the schemes. It just comes down to us executing. We're executing at a high level right now. We have confidence. I think K-State, the only way that they don't succeed on offense on Saturday is by shooting themselves in the foot. And I just can't see that happening. So I think they're going to put up a bunch of points. I think they're going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Um, I'll say that Will Howard throws for four touchdowns. What? That is my – That is wow. my, I think Will Howard is going to have a huge day. That is not – Crazy. That's insane. That's not crazy at all. I disagree with you, Zach. I with Cole. Really? K's defense is K State's going to score at least four offensive touchdowns. Oh and no, two doubt. of those might be Deuce Vaughn. No, but they could be through the air. Doubt. And the other two are. But you know, saying Knowles that K State's going to throw easy. four touchdown passes, I, I just I think K State's going to get to the red zone too many times to where they're just going to punch it in. They get to the goal line, they're not going to pass. I don't it. think they even get to the it. red zone. I mean, you look at that West Virginia game <laughs> last week. How many times did they actually get to the red zone? It was yeah. a deep ball to Malik Knowles or even a screen pass or, um, you know, the a, just a, a touchdown nice... was red zone. Okay. A, pass. Yeah. A, lo- a deep pass. Yeah. But even over the middle, you know, just a quick little slant route and Malik Knowles catches it, breaks it and goes right. I think we're going to see more of that. And it's I don't know how KU secondary looks, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's just as poor, I guess, to say as. It's Kansas State. They're going to overcompensate, I have a feeling, because what that happened to them last week against Bijan Robinson, that is a point of emphasis going into this week. We cannot let Deuce Vaughn beat us. We think that K-State's K going to try and just absolutely hammer the ball, so we're going to try and take away Deuce Vaughn. That's what teams say. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Every single team that's played K-State with Will Howard at quarterback, the coaches think that they're smarter than they actually are. They say, this guy's put up, against, put up good numbers, but we played against him when he was a freshman, and he was terrible. We gonna make, we're going to make this Will Howard kid beat us and not let Deuce Vaughn beat us. And Will Howard has given the two middle fingers and said, I will. And that's what he's done, and I think that's what he's going to do on Saturday. I don't think that Will Howard has made any explicit gestures lately. That's just unbelievable. Let's he be clear here that that, that is. I'm just offended that he would say Will Howard, the kind, generous, well-spoken, well-groomed young man that he is, would give anyone the middle finger, let alone two. That's excessive middle fingering 15 yards on Cole. Next question. Zach Will Howard threw for four touchdowns against Oklahoma State. He's at at least two in the other three games he's played in. And then, what, two of those three weren't even full games, I guess? You know what I mean. No, we don't, but that's cool. So you're saying he's Mahomes? Um, No, (laughs) but I'm saying there's a good chance he can score four touchdowns through the air. We're saying he's not Kenny Pickett. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. Didn't have to say it. Wow. Wow, From got, our just got great personal friend, with Gilbert. <laughs> Jerome Yang, which of the seniors will not be participating in senior day festivities? Do we have any other early indications of who might be staying around as a super senior? Cade Warner is not participating. Yeah. That was interesting. That was interesting. He said last year was good enough. He, he I'm not enjoyed doing it last again. year. It's good <laughs> enough. So he's not doing it again. That, very interesting. Um Climbing is pretty funny about it. I already hugged some of these guys. I got to hug them again. Uh, so uh, and he's going to hug some more this Saturday and give them a wink and say, "See you next year." <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued to see if there's an Eli Huggins on next year's team. The guy that we didn't expect to come back, who said, "Yeah, I'm going all in." Where would this team be if Eli hadn't come back? I, I mean, they would have gone to the portal probably at that spot, but still, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
that that one addition that was the best recruit they signed i know they joked about that but that has actually been true that was the best player they they got out of everything they did recruiting transfer portal all that getting him back for the covid season you want to know my guess to that player okay echo boido here's my explanation for that guess a local kid He's not that far away from home now. Granted, with Eli, it was different from Georgia, obviously. But a local kid, he's played a lot of college football. I'm just going to say it. He still doesn't have an interception in his K-State career, and he started for three-plus years. That's incredible. That's incredible. Not that he'll just come back for that one pick, but they're going to be so thin at that position next year, they're going to still need some senior leadership. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if you look at a guy like Echo – and they want him to come back. You throw on top of the fact that he is an extremely, extremely smart kid. I mean, this kid, this guy is – well, he was top of his class in high school. He is smart. Um, this is He seems like the type of kid that will come back and look for uh, higher education as well. So uh, I, I, I'm totally – all in on Echo Boido for him to come back next year. I, that would be my guess. Now, I could be completely wrong on that. I don't have any inside information or anything like that. But that seems like a guy the coaches would want to come back next year. That'd be great. I'm going to go with Nick Allen. I think Nick, with Daniel Green leaving, I think Nick Allen will come back and try to. Because even if they bring in some linebackers, they're going to need the depth there. So I think Nick might actually come back to be the starter next year or certainly can continue to add great depth at the linebacker spot. We will see. There's so many seniors in this class. I mean, it's impossible to go through and and and, and predict, right, who's going to be back and who's going to not be back. But, I mean, again, I mean, you even throw in a guy like Christian Duffy. I mean, that's another guy who you're like, maybe he decides to come back. Hayden Gillum, guy who has literally waited around for – That's a good one. How I many think, years? I think getting getting your center to come back for another year, I think, is probably just as good of getting Eli Huggins back. And, and I mean, look at Noah Johnson last year. I mean, getting him back another year, granted it delayed Hayden Gillum a little bit, but having a center that can snap the ball flawlessly is key in college football. And, and I'll say this too. When you look at this recruiting class, what's one position that they they really haven't targeted in this class? Um, off the top of your hand, you might, off the top of your head, you might not know. I'll just tell you, nose tackle. That's a position that I think this this staff has not exactly targeted, and I think it's because they have their eye on a guy like Jalen Pickle to come back, slide back down to nose guard, be the starter at nose guard, rotate with Uso next year. They got a lot of, they got a bunch of young defensive ends that they want to, that they want to play. It wouldn't surprise me another guy like Jalen Pickle who could come back, slide back down a nose tackle and improve. I mean, he's got NFL size. Um improve his stock as an interior defensive lineman. I, the possibilities are really endless and the season is um for next year the outlook completely changes if some of these seniors want to come back, but again, I still fully believe that you have to have some turnover because a healthy program has kids graduate and move on and has other players come in and fill in those gaps. That's that's my belief, and um, it'll be interesting to see who does decide to come back, though. I agree. Skylar Thompson have another year? No, I think he's done. I don't think he played enough here. No, I think he, he graduated 32 years old. He's hmm. now wow. a veteran in the NFL. <laughs> Last question from Call Me T22. Should the sh- – sh- Wow, that was well done. Should the Sunflower Showdown or Farmageddon be a color-on-color game a la UCLA versus USC? What other college football rivalries should be color-on-color? I'll let you guys handle this one because it's about jerseys, which you know how I feel about. K-State and West Virginia should have been. This should have gone all yellow. K-State and yellow? West Virginia and all yellow. (laughs) I love you. K-State wearing their normal purple and silver. West Virginia. And Baylor did it two years ago. They did all yellow. Did you like that, Fitz? (laughs) Jeez. It's so stupid. It was awesome. (laughs) So color on color just means pants and... No, it means jerseys. You both wear the dark color. There's no white jerseys. Okay, so then color on color would be yellow versus yellow. Valid point by me. No, it's yellow versus purple. That's not color on color then, is it? Yes, they're both colors. He's so troubling. He's such a troublemaker. 
Call me T22. So just not the same color. Just don't right. ask questions about uniform because yes. Ryan Gilbert Please don't call, will just call spit that. in your face and call tell you you're an idiot. No, I think Ryan this is, Gilbert wants black and white television back is what he's asking for, it sounds like. I think this is a good idea, actually. I really do, because KU gets so creative with their uniforms. You might as well just tell K-State, wear your purple and silver, and we'll wear something else. The I problem with cool. KU and doing color on color with KU is they have red and they have blue, and both of those colors make purple. Sure. So they aren't really good. Wow. Crazy. They aren't. They aren't <laughs> Jeez, skills. <laughs> It wouldn't look good, and it wouldn't look good. And on we'll TV. be back on the second half of the Power Cat podcast. <laughs> well, honestly, somebody has to wear white. How about uh, if K State had lavender? Would lavender and like a red be okay? Yeah, that's probably fine. What if they had the silver uniforms that we wanted to commemorate the forty years of wearing the gray slash silver uniforms and red? Would that work? Yeah, and we've, blue. Yeah. We've, we've solved this. Oh, this there is also go. really easy, and I'm just gonna say it. You know what K-State needs to do on Saturday night? Wear white. They need to wear all white, and they need to have a whiteout in the stadium, and they just have KU wear your normal red, blue, whatever the hell you want to wear. K-State needs to go all white, Stormtrooper look. Well, they should have done – they should have planned this out months ago. I know, but, like, do what TCU did against Baylor. That look was hot, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. That was very, very good looking. I think K-State could pull off the all white at home. Cool. You do have like a striped. What, why don't they do the striped games anymore at Bill Snyder Family Stadium where you have one section purple, one section white, one section purple, one section white? Again, it just is a home field advantage. You want to tell I me the last time K-State's that. won with an alternate uniform? Mm-hmm. Ryan Gilbert, in case you did not know, celebrated his 67th birthday the other day. Wow. In dog years? We're so trying to get him to untuck I, his shirt. I'm one, I want to be clear about this. Kansas State does not have an alternate uniform jinx. It has an alternate helmet jinx. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence to show that changing the uniform changes anything. They can't win when they get away from the silver helmet with the purple power cat. Although they did the camo. They did the camo power cat. But I contend that the jinx didn't notice it was camo because none of us could notice it from far away either <laughs> the jinx was like no those are normal there we're gonna win today that's i don't know why the jinx sounds like an old timey radio announcer beautiful day here at the camden yards okay, 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 okay. <laughs> camden yards is too new for that i don't know because <laughs> we were talking about that earlier fitz it was in your mind oh uh, great day at Evans field how are we done that, with that? that's better oh, okay that's the that's the first you guys got any more thoughts on uniforms I'll save them for later. Oh boy, that's that's the heck of a tease for the rest of this podcast. Make sure you stick with us here on the Powercat Podcast after the break when Ryan Gilbert will have some more of these titillating uniform takes. Hey everyone, we're having seventy five percent off right now at gopowercat.com. It's Black Friday sale. We started early, we ended late. You got plenty of time, but why mess around? If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the daily deliveries and all the free stuff we do, the best stuff's behind the paywall. And you did miss Tuesday's free VIP day in which the paywall was down. The paywall was down for twenty four hours. And you could read VIP. So if you missed that, I apologize. I should have done a better job communicating it it's all my fault and you should punish me by subscribing right now to gopowercat.com teach me a lesson i'll never forget we'll be right back on the powercat questions podcast this is kansas state's cooper Beebe. the leaders in k-state sports coverage will be right back with more of the powercat podcast It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. I'm sure at this point you have gone and subscribed to GoPowerCat.com for our Black Friday sale, 75% off. And if you haven't, we'll just pause. We'll just wait for you to do it. Okay, thanks. Um, and we're also sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I'm not going to use a, a dirty word like I did in the first half. It was a it was a word that was in the name of the beer. So it's not my fault. Make sure you stop by the Fridge. You know what the Fridge always seems to have? They always seem to have a good sale on Tito's Vodka. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a few things Austin, Texas does right. But one of them is Tito's Vodka. My favorite vodka. It's made with a real bit of... USA. Get to the fridge. Your questions from Wabash Station. This is how it works. I forgot to say this at the top because I am brain dead. Anyone can listen to this podcast. Of course, that's how podcasts work, but you have to be a subscriber to gopowercat.com to ask the questions. Another benefit of being a VIP. Go take care of that right now. We'll wait. Three hours later. Okay, Cole, take over. Okay. I am tasked with reading the second half of the Powercat Questions Podcast. The first half comes from SES. The first half. Or excuse me. Thank you. I stand <laughs> corrected. The first question of the second half comes from SES underscore RefCat. SES Southeast Celine RefCat. Maybe so. I don't know. have to look it up. I don't know. Right, here we go. He says, We all on here want K State to win the Big 12 championship. That goes without saying. Hmm, really? Gills? But Wow, bold okay, statement. Okay, there we go. But what are the consequences in respect for the conference and monetarily if K-State upsets TCU and the Big 12 since no one to the college football playoff? Nobody cared when A&M did it to us. I don't care about TCU. Ribbit, ribbit, screw yourself, frogs. There we go. Just see it as a win-win for K-State and the Big 12. If K-State wins, you were happy. If K-State loses... You're still probably going to the Sugar Bowl, and Big 12 is in the college football playoff. Uh, okay, I'm going to look at this from the from Kansas State's perspective, okay? The new Big 12 is going to be wide open. I mean, anyone can – What we're seeing it. As I've repeated, if it's, it's going to be TCU-Kansas State this year in all likelihood – it was Oklahoma State Baylor last year. Before that, Iowa State played Oklahoma. So that's only one out of the last six teams to be in. And all different schools, which is remarkable in itself. No other conference is doing something like that. Five of them are in the new conference, the new Big 12. Is it in K-State or anyone else's best interest that TCU gets a leap as the Frogs into the new Big 12 with a playoff appearance and all that goes with it in recruiting, prestige, and all that. Yes, it's good for the conference to show that this conference is still tangible without Oklahoma and Texas, which is a idiotic idea anyhow. But I don't think it bodes well for Kansas State to kind of let TCU have that right. top line in the pecking order. Go take it from them with an upset in the Big 12 championship. Um, and I only hope it is they blow a lead when Max Duggan fumbles in the fourth quarter and then lose on overtime when Kansas State is given a touchdown that wasn't actually a touchdown. Not so, that. TCU can still make the playoff. Like, I'm not bitter at all about Here's where I'm at. 98. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, here's where I'm at with this thing. Because there's multiple ways of looking at it, sure. If you're just a Big 12 fan, honestly, you probably want TCU to win. I would think maybe that is a fairly sensible statement. But I can also see how if you're a normal Big 12 fan, you would just want K-State to win because you want to prove that your conference actually has parity. And think about this. When the Big 12 – or excuse me, when the, the college football playoff is expanded, both of these teams would be making the college football playoff if this was at 12. Uh, potentially. With a K-State win. Right. With a K-State win, yes. Absolutely. And I still firmly believe that if this was at 12 – 
I think both of these teams would move on from that round of wherever they are. So you could potentially see um, two Big 12 teams being two of the better teams in the the country. And I firmly believe that whoever K-State plays, if they do indeed make the Sugar Bowl, they're going to have a chance to beat. So um, I think that this is going to show how good K-State is. Guys, let's also go back and look at TCU's non-conference schedule. They played Colorado. Now, it was on the road, but Colorado is a joke of a football program. K-State played Mizzou. Mizzou is also a joke of a football program, but just not as big of a joke. They played SMU, who I think everyone thought might be a pretty good non-conference game. Well, SMU, I I think they're not even going to be bowl eligible. If they are, they have six wins. K-State played Tulane. Obviously, we know how that went. K-State lost to Tulane, who is one of the better teams, um, one of the better non-Power 5 teams. Obviously. They could be in the New Year's Six. Right. Yeah. So where I'm going with all this is if you flip the non-conference schedule between K-State and TCU, I do wonder if the results are the same. And uh, let's be honest here. TCU has played some pretty favorable games at home this year. The, their toughest game on the road has been at Texas. Everything else, everything else has been in their favor um, when they need to be at, at home. At Baylor, in hindsight? In hindsight, sure, but you can say K-State won at Baylor, too. So that's kind of where that's kind of where I draw the line. Yeah. The point it is... Tough for, it was tough for TCU. The point is, sure, I mean, it's tough for everybody in this conference, but I guess what I'm saying is that two, if K-State had two losses and TCU had one loss, I'm wondering if we think about this differently. Because I don't think TCU is in the playoff hunt if they have one loss to a Tulane. No. no. I don't you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think – yeah, if you, res- if you reverse the scenario, at least conference records, where Casey is undefeated with a loss to Tulane, they're probably on the outside. But you can make that strong argument saying, hey, Tulane's a New Year's Six team. Look at all the other losses. How many how many loss one loss teams are there that have a loss to a potential New Year's Six team? And, you know, I think K-State would bode well there in that playoff scenario, but – Fortunately, we don't have to talk about that right now. No. Anyways, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about, and I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll get a lot of ratings because who doesn't like the color purple? Uh, I thought it was going to be purple I, on purple. I thought Oprah Winfrey was fantastic in that. It was a good movie. But. Yeah. Here we go. I do question this. You're talking about home games. TCU's had a ticket jump on everyone. TCU being a Dallas Fort Worth school might have access to all those corporate tickets. Um, my same concern for LSU in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, all those New Orleans based tickets might end up in LSU fans' hands. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to how many K Staters will be able to get tickets. I mean, will this game sell out? And I think w- on the secondary market, they're not too bad. Well, that's interesting because that is kind of I don't want to say indictment. That's kind of a a statement about TCU fan base and how big it really isn't. Mm-hmm. If if they're not going to be able to put fifty thousand people uh, of their own, um, sixty five dollars you can get in right now. I mean, the, t- the K State sent out an email yesterday to to fans that gave you know ticket orders, and the tickets were were more expensive than that to sit in the upper deck. I mean, yeah, it's expensive right now, like. You can sit in the very upper deck at the top for 65 bucks, but if you want a lower-level seat, you're going to be paying a good amount. Sure. Here's the email. Midfield Club, 220 and that's the 100-level and 200-level, and then 150 for the corner end zones, and the 100 and 200-level, and then 95 bucks for the upper midfield. Hmm. Yeah. yeah so, that's where they're at. And that's in the, that would be in the K-State. That is in the K-State right. cheering section, Yes. Interesting. So, but like when you think about it, it's an 80,000 seat stadium and K-State brought how many for the Stanford game? Probably 25,000. I'd say a little bit more. I'm curious how many people went to the Stanford game or didn't go to the Stanford game that are going to go to this game. I bet K-State could bring 30. I think that is, I think that's the barometer, so to speak, of, of fan entrance, fan interest, fan engagement. Because I I do think that K-State will bring a lot of people to this game and sell a lot of tickets and it'll be probably close to a packed house. You think K-State can bring 40,000? Yeah. I, I think it's possible. I do. I really do. I mean, if you look back at the history of K-State football and how they traveled, um, I'll be disappointed if it's anything under 30. 
it it needs to be more than what the Stanford game was, which I think we ended up estimating about twenty five. Probably it needs to be over thirty, folks. You sent fifty thousand people to the Fiesta Bowl, and that wasn't some dreamed up, exaggerated number, or the Copper Bowl. Get it going again. I know that watching on TV is now very, very much more appealing than it was in the 90s when Kansas State football took over from Bill Snyder. But there will be no reason that 40,000 K-Staters aren't in Arlington. This is what you do. Now you need to do it. And I know you have this kind of split now with football-basketball because basketball is interesting for the first time in a while. But this is a unique season. Yeah, they've got three losses, but they have an opportunity to win the Big 12. And I've been told that it's really all that counts about a coach. And then they're going to go to the Sugar Bowl and um, play in a historic game against what will be a really good and known brand team from the SEC. We're talking LSU, Tennessee, Alabama. Get on board with this. You are not going to have an opportunity like this very often in the future to have all of this line up. A sugar bowl that's drivable. It's a long drive, yeah, but you can do it. Mm -hmm. Who knows what happens next year and the year beyond. I think Chris Kleiman's setting himself up to to be here a while. I think Chris Kleiman is going to have a really productive football program, but asking this kind of success next year without Deuce Vaughn, without Felix, without BB, without Daniel Green, you go Malik Knowles now is emerging. That's going to be a little bit much to ask next year. They might, but this is the window. Go enjoy it. Go live this. You're a fan. You invest your time and money all the all season long in going to games at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Pack up the family. Get to Arlington next week if K-State wins this game. Do it. Find a way to get there. There are so many hotel rooms in Dallas, you're not going to have problems finding a cheap room. Now, if you want to be by the stadium, get ready to pay. We're not even going to be by the stadium. We're... We're up in uh, we're Los, Los Colinas. Colinas. Yeah, because I think it sounds like you've lost your Colinas. And I don't even know what a Colinas is. <laughs> but get there. Live this. Enjoy this. Even if it's better and easier to watch on TV, be a part of it. Because all of us who went through the growth of Kansas State football can honestly say we were there then when this all changed. And you can do it with Chris Kleiman now. It's it's really cool to be actually witness to the history that this younger generation can't relate to, didn't witness, and now sees as the glory years of Kansas State football. It might be happening again, and it starts right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this in there because this is kind of what you're talking about. I don't know if this was on the questions thread or if this was on another thread. I think our good friend K Ned brought this up, but the the foundation was what Bill Snyder was referred to. Those players were referred to as. We might be seeing a passing of the guard with Chris Kleiman um, and, and this group. You think of like Daniel Green and and Felix and some of these guys. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if K State can really take off where this goes. But Fitz, um, if you ever want to quit, go Powercat. I think you can make a good preacher. Amen. Thank you. I'd have to be able to remember Bible quotes. You have to wear a cowboy hat. While and I can't it. remember. A street address for our sponsor. This is true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's next next question comes from old school. How worried should we be about losing assistant coaches after this year? Um. Yeah, probably some. Um, but I don't see Who? Joe Klanderman or Colin Klein going anywhere. I mean, uh, I would worry. Everyone keeps talking about Chris Kleiman in, in Nebraska. Stop. No, it's, that, it's not happening. I don't know why you guys get yourself worked up in this. I've already told you the one job I think you'd leave for, but just stop. But whoever they hire, I can see them coming after Connor Riley, a Nebraska guy. That worries me. That's an important piece. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, but yeah. I, I got something for you. Okay. Dana Holgerson gets fired at Houston. Mm-hmm. You know who's from Houston? Van Malone? Yep. That'd be a great hire by them. I think it would be an amazing. That that's the one I want to lose. 
I mean, that sounds weird. I want Van Malone to have a head coaching opportunity. I want to lose Van to a head coaching job. I don't want it to be in the Big 12, but if it is, so be it. I, I think it'll probably be in a lesser conference to get his feet wet, but that guy deserves it. That guy would be good at it. And if Chris Kleiman, for some reason, would depart, I'd be perfectly comfortable with Van taking over. Now, there's other guys out there, but yeah, if that was a choice, I could live with it because he is a 100% solid guy. Now, Grant, he went to SMU, um, and he used to be coach at SMU. But again, if you're Houston and you're going to move on from Dana Holgerson and you want, you're coming into the Big 12, why not get somebody who knows the conference extremely well? And I don't know. You got roots down there. It just seems it makes a lot of sense. But um, here I am campaigning for for Van because I'm with you. I think he's awesome. I do think that Klanerman they're going to have to pay. I mean, they should pay. Let's let's just be honest. Right. They should pay everybody on this staff more than they do. The assistant coaches at K State are criminally underpaid. Let's just call it how it is. That's why Scotty Hazelton left. Scotty Scotty Hazelton had a great first year, and then Michigan State backed up the Brinks truck. And he said, okay, as he should, right? You, if you want your guys to stay, you have to take care of them. That's what, that's what you always talk about, Fitz. I mean, K-State has done a great job investing in athletics, building the brand-new beautiful volleyball, volleyball center, the indoor practice facility. It's time you take care. And K-State's on the verge of really stepping up the institution as a whole. I mean, I think paying your assistant coaches is, is step number one. I don't know, four or five in that. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not too worried about guys leaving. But I think if it does, they've built enough of a foundation to where they can replace them internally. I mean, if you're replacing one or two guys a year, I don't think it's that big of a deal. No. I mean, like it's coordinators. Yeah, look, it just happens. I mean, yeah, I don't I'm not. I think turnover is a little healthy, too. I think if you don't turn over, you know, at least once every couple of years, a couple of guys, you're getting kind of stale, especially like if you're not winning. Yeah, especially if you're not winning games or winning enough games. Mm-hmm. And I think after last season, I think Chris Kleiman made the right call on the personnel moves he he made, and I think he replaced those guys decently. Agreed. Next question comes from Salt Hawk Cat. Who has a better season so far, KU football or K-State basketball? Well, I mean, it's way too early to understand yeah. that. I mean, you're looking I mean, at your four, crystal ball. Here. Yeah. At 4 and 0, you're essentially asking us to judge KU football after winning one non-conference game. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of what the math works out to. One football game's worth three or four basketball games. It's so early in the process. Now, at the end of the day, I think Kansas State basketball will finish higher in the conference than KU football, which is kind of amazing that I'm saying that. I don't really I'm just rating that on pure athletic ability that this team has. I mean, this isn't like a bunch of dorks that are playing well. These guys can hoop. Ryan Gilbert knows a lot about dorking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I do feel like this team has an upside. Naquan Tomlin is an amazing talent. Keontae Johnson is a proven talent. And Marquise Noel is playing like a different player because he apparently was handcuffed last year by the coaching staff because the stuff he's doing, he's had a highlight pass in every game. And that didn't happen last year. Uh, They're just playing a brand of basketball that's built for these guys, and I think it's going to be a wonderful season. Now, do I think they're going to be in the top three? No. But they will, I think, be around the top half of the conference, and after KU loses on Saturday, they'll be in the bottom half of the football conference. There you go. That's it. That's it for the podcast. No? No? We got more? Gilbert? Oh, I thought that was a good way to end. I don't really say Oh, he says, I agree. I got it. I got it. I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to judge this question, can we talk about postseason too? Is, is making a bowl the same as making the NCAA tournament? Because I would no, say no. No, it's like making the NIT and the NCAA. Like, you can lump the NIT. So in. is KU making a bowl game at 6-6 six and six the same as K-State making the NIT? Probably. That's and, a good comparison. And I think that, and I think the comparison here is KU is exponentially better than what they were the last more than 15 seasons probably. And now K-State basketball, after being – the worst they've ever been for three seasons is finally back to at least playing kind of exciting basketball. I don't know if they're going to be competitive come Big 12 play, but if you look at KU football after four or five games and and the hype around the program, you know, it was real. You know, KU looked like they were a legitimate threat this year. 
maybe not maybe not legitimate threat, but they were much improved. You look at K-State right now through four games. Yes, they're non-conference games. Yes, they're playing in a garbage tournament in the Cayman Islands <laughs> against garbage teams. Wow. And then maybe LSU. But nobody's paying it. The difference between KU and K State is nobody's paying attention to K State right now. People right. were paying attention to KU after they beat after they won their second game against Houston or West Virginia, yes, I should say. But also that's football versus basketball and okay. the historical nature of KU's futility. But you look at K State basketball, if they they very well could win every non conference game at this point. Mm-hmm. They look good. If they win, you know, Three out of five, three out of six of their first, you know, few conference games, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. I mean, it, they they're going to look good, and I think the comparison is is there. Are they but, on the Iowa State track from last year? Because we said that that probably wasn't going to happen after we saw all these guys, yeah. we didn't think that was going to happen. But I'm 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 close to saying if they go win this tournament and then they can. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something I, I never thought I'd say. I think they're a more tangible team than Iowa State was last year. I think Iowa State did a good job coming out and putting up some flashy wins and, and doing those kind of things, but they weren't built to last for the Big 12. I feel like these guys are built to last for the Big 12. I feel like Jerome Tang completely understands what type of player you need to compete with in this conference because they did it at Baylor, and he went out somehow, some way, and replicated a Baylor roster by adding 11 guys. I'm so excited about the future of Kansas State football and basketball and what it could mean for this university and how much the fans deserve to have both good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just over the moon. I really am. I'm just so fired up to see where this is all going. K-State basketball, you mentioned it, Fitz, but they're going to get so much better as this season goes on. Nacon Tomlin's only been playing organized basketball for a few years. Unbelievable. Keontae Johnson is back on the court after, you know, two years away from basketball. So let alone the fact that they all have to mesh together, which they have. But Tang mentioned it after after the first game against Rhode Island, how much more they can still grow together. So looking at, you know, KU football and K-State basketball, it's almost apples and oranges just based off of the expectations. Like people that, you know, knew who Jerome Tang was and what he was about. Um, uh, this you know hot start is no surprise for K State. I think KU football was a lot more of a surprise, but they've also struggled a lot the last couple of games. Right, this K State team is going to get better for basketball. KU football has gotten a lot worse as the season's gone on. Maybe other Big Twelve football teams have caught up to them and figured them out. I don't want to say they've gotten worse. That might be a little unfair. I mean, in in fairness, what happens if Marquise Noel gets hurt or? Keontae Johnson or or Naquan Tomlin or, or two of them. And they might do the same thing that KU did when they lost Jalen Daniels. Frankly, if one of those guys get hurt, I think it's a lot different than what happened if Jalen Daniels gets hurt because I think there's a little bit more depth on this K-State basketball team than um, than there is on that KU football team. But There is depth, but it's not super deep. You know, they've got three guys redshirting. So yeah. an injury, one, maybe two is okay. But if you get like three guys that are out, then you might have to burn somebody's red shirt, which, you know, then we'll get to find out if if Colbert or Manning or Thomas are able to play, you know, the power five level this year. They could be. But if not, then maybe we do see them struggle. But I, I don't losing three guys is, you know, the odds of that are pretty low. So I don't I think one guy you're fine. Any more than that, you're you're getting dicey. I agree. Totally. Last question of the podcast comes from our good friend Poon Saloon. Mm. They have the coldest beer. What would be your pick if you could have K-State go to any of the early season basketball tournament destinations? And Fitz, you can't say Vegas. Vegas. Did you see the Final <laughs> Fours going there? Yeah, I did. Believe me, I did. Okay, I Jerome Tang, if you're listening to this, I don't care if you lose every game. Well, you'll probably be fired by 2020, whatever. 28, 27. But if you could go to the Final Four, make it make it. That Jerome Yang. First of all, Jerome, Jerome Yang, Yang is yes. listening to this podcast. Jerome Yang. First of all, I hope you're enjoying your trip. I haven't seen you on TV, but um, can you tell Coach Tang uh, that we need to play in Kansas City every single uh, every single at this Hall of Fame Classic? That way, everybody on the GPC crew can go, and there's not just two people that get to go to these extravagant island resorts or maybe even just one person but everybody can go to kansas city and it's right in the backyard there'll be good teams there you can play grand canyon you can play wichita state and you can also play whoever they played last year all these other teams you never know what you're going to get but let's just go there set it down they had good food in the media 
It's a nice the, place. A lot of K-State fans. I'd say Kansas City. thing with Kansas City, though, you don't have to play in the MTE there. Like You can get that game at T-Mobile. You know, we're having it this year with Nebraska, right? Yeah. So it's not that important to get that tournament because if they don't, they'll just get a single game there. Mm-hmm. I, I love the Maui Invitational. That's probably the most competitive, like top to bottom, minus Chaminade. Battle for Atlantis? Yeah, that's probably second place. But yeah. I mean, Maui's a really cool destination, right? Like, where was K State? Like, Fort Myers a few years ago? Like, nobody wants to go there. So, Maui or Atlantis? Why? You what just, about the Disney World Classic or whatever that is? You just go play in the you Milk just Palace. Crushed Fort Myers. <laughs> what has Fort Myers ever done for me? He uh, lowered your tuition or actually probably raised it. Fort Myers, Myers was named Thank after you, Fort Myers. a guy that had a fort. Thank you, Fort Myers. And it it is the home of many 70-year-olds. Why is do you he, hate the elderly? I love the Is Fort people. Myers related to Bob Alamo? Bob Alamo was a good man who served our country. And died. And died serving the country at the fort named after him. God help us. Is that it? That is Hold it. on. I felt like I had another thought. What were we talking about before Fort Myers? Oh, the tournament. Here's my thought. And this this is where I'm done already with Jerome Tang. Done. This is all about me. So he has now said he wants Thanksgiving events, right? Doesn't want to do the holiday classics because of Christmas. He wants his players to be able to go home with the family. That sounds noble. It sounds great, but it doesn't work for me, Tim Fitzgerald. He wants to go to the Caribbean every year. He wants to go to an island. He's a tropical kind of guy. I am too, coach. I am too. I appreciate that. But you continue to schedule these on Thanksgiving, and what happens? Zach Carlson on Thanksgiving week now? We eat food. Wow, that's not at all what I wanted, and your name's not Zach Carlson. Football. There's a football game now. God, I got to help these guys out. A football game every Saturday after Thanksgiving, meaning I can't go anywhere. I got football to cover. And don't take that as a complaint. I love covering football. It's my favorite sport to cover. I love it. It's wonderful. That would have been great with a Trump impression, but he's over here napping. Um, I love it so much. I got the hand motions going here. And um, thank you. And uh, but I won't be able to go to the islands. And I think everyone should worry about me, Tim Fitzgerald, getting to go to the islands on the company nickel to cover basketball. But I can't do it over Thanksgiving. <sighs> That's it. That nobody thinks of me. But I appreciate you guys listening because you apparently thought of me. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Go Powercat, 75% off. And if you're not familiar with my uh, kind of warped sense of humor, none of that was serious. Not none of it, except all all of it. Think of me. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.